Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo, as always. And basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes using promo code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup on the line. And baseball fans, if basketball is not your thing, you may have missed out on a season-long fantasy. Uh, So now's the time to get in on the Daily Fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That is code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Not going to lie, though, to our listeners, I, I, I might be a bit distracted during this recording because this is the only time we were able to record it. And there's Champions League soccer on right now, too. So I got that on in the background and big Borussia Dortmund fan. So going to multitask here a little bit. But uh, but yeah, no, uh, things are doing good. Uh, we uh, trade deadline. I mean, yeah, where to start? I mean, Bill Zito definitely did not disappoint. He, he made he made some moves, and I mean, there were there were a bunch of, uh, maybe not a bunch, but there were a few like really interesting moves. Yeah, and to start off, so in the previous episode, because we recorded it before the trade deadline, but it came out on the trade deadline, uh, we made our predictions for trades we thought were going to happen, and we went zero for three both of us right and Felino and Hall both traded uh before even trade even before even trade deadline started uh which was just fantastic uh what were your thoughts on those two deals I think Felino went for what I thought he was going to go for which is basically just a first round pick um I, I I thought that was that made sense I mean Toronto won the sweepstakes it is what it is. I, I I fully think that that other teams out there were willing to give up a first. I, I it just happened to be that Columbus chose Toronto. Um, the the Hall trade is really interesting because at first glance, it's bad. 
it's it's not a good return it's probably it's not even like a justifiable return it's terrible um but when you think about it and you remember that in the off season sabers gave him a full no movement clause yep and there were better offers elsewhere but hall said no he apparently he really wanted to play for the bruins so i mean yeah i mean it's a terrible deal but it's honestly probably the best deal they could get which is it's just incredible it was just really really incredible yeah like well my first reaction was kind of the same it was like that's a terrible return for taylor hall but you do have to understand that, of course, if there was a better deal out there, they would have taken it. And it seemed like there are no teams that are willing to give more than that. And there's no play like, or at least that Taylor Hall was willing to waive for. Um, so, you know, not much you can really do for Buffalo. They kind of, you know, by giving him that no move clause, uh, they, they put themselves in that spot uh, where he was, you know, able to kind of choose where he wants to go. But, yeah, like I heard he didn't even wasn't even considering West teams. It was literally just the East Coast. So um, the <laughs> teams were definitely limited in terms of that. Uh, I don't know. Do I think do I think Taylor Hall is going to win the cup this year? No, uh, he's going to make the playoffs, though. That's for sure. And I mean, hopefully for him, he gets to win a series. But it's going to be really interesting to see what he does in the off season, because this is a guy who time and time again, has just not like, I'm willing to say that the teams he he's played for have been terrible, but he's also not a great decision maker either. Um, the decision to go to Buffalo was very, I, I don't think you can justify that anymore at all. Um, even in theory, I think it was flawed. So, yeah, I mean, like that, that mean, was best the of luck to him. Best, yeah, best of luck to him. But there's been a pattern that just kind of it's like maybe Taylor Hall doesn't want to make the playoffs. Maybe he doesn't want to win. Yeah, like it's it's weird because that was the first time you know last summer where he was actually able to choose where he was going to go, and. Clearly, he didn't make a, you know, in hindsight, the choice wasn't great. And even at the time, it was a bit strange. But, like, I still think Taylor, like, Taylor Hall is still a very good hockey player, right? And I think, like, on the one hand, a lot of people were, you know, ripping their turn for the Sabres. And there were other people that were just ripping into Taylor Hall. And it's like, what do you want? The guy has two goals. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But you have to assume, like, he's shooting the worst shooting percentage of his career. And he's not playing on a, he's playing on one of the worst teams, you know, in the last decade. So, and I think to... what total two teams gave up first round picks at this trade deadline, right? Uh, I'm thinking of Washington and Toronto. Oh, and Tampa, three. Yeah. So, I mean, you compare the players that got first round picks with Taylor Hall, and I think there's no doubt that Taylor Hall is one of the best two players in there, if not the best. Yeah, and so you know the, the the biggest factor was probably the contract and the cap hit, even though Buffalo eats half. Like, uh, there are a lot of teams that it was going to be tough to make it work with that amount, even if, 
you know, because a lot of, you know, like Toronto and, and Columbus and stuff with Savard, like they went through, a, you know, a third team just to eat some salary. Even if you eat salary on Taylor Hall twice, it's still tough to make it fit for teams. And yeah, it's, the, the cap didn't go up since last season, so it's definitely going to be tough. Um, and, yeah, it, it's – he hasn't been convincing this year either, which is – not a great indicator and it's you have no idea the odds of him re-signing with you in next season it's taylor hall is a high risk like get it, it really is yeah it's high risk but like at that price like i think if you're your boss yeah you're, yeah this is fantastic value for you yeah and um, i they, they they get curtis lazar in the deal as well i have no idea if he even played if he played last night i know mike riley and taylor hall did but I, and I'm Anders sure. Bjork played too in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, um, got a point, I think. Good for him. Um, I mean, like in the deal, like that, like Bjork and like Lazar basically cancel each other out. So it is just yeah. for a second. Um, the Felino deal was interesting to me because I don't know. I, I thought that was perhaps a bit rich, quite a bit to spend on a player like that. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Like, I like I, I think he will help that team for sure, right? Uh, with the leadership he brings, but he's like, he's far removed from his prime. He's been a 30-point guy for the last three or four years. Uh, giving up a first for that, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that's a bit much. So, I mean, and the Leafs have six picks in the next 14 rounds. Of the MHL draft. Yeah, which is not a lot, per se. No. And, I mean, for, uh, to me, which is why I think the deal is so interesting, giving up a first, it's Toronto's in a win-now mode. They're kind of, like, in the next two, maybe three seasons, they're going to be legitimate, like, Stanley Cup contenders. And you're kind of jeopardizing your future by having that little draft picks in that span of time. It's going to, you're setting yourself up for disappointment again. Yeah. I, I find it interesting. Like recently in under Dubas, like the last few years, the Leafs have made a very considered effort to value youth and skill. Right. Right. They made a lot of moves with that in mind. But then their recent moves have all been to bring in vet guys like Thornton and Simmons and Felino. So I'm just kind of confused as to, you know, like it just seems like there's a change there uh, from them on what they are uh, kind of looking for in players. Um, we'll see if it works out for them. Uh, hopefully not, though, because got to get through Florida to get there. Um Exactly. Was, for you, what was the most surprising move of the day? I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. It has to be Anthony Mantha. At the Washington. buzzer. I, Kevin Weeks, nonetheless. Kevin Weeks. Shout out to Kevin Weeks for Kevin Weeks that. had a day. He had a day. He up. did. He, he is was up and coming. Love it. Um, yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, my God. And at first, right, he only announced that it was Mantha for at least Verona and Panic. 
And yeah. I'm like, okay. And then I saw a first and a second. And you go, ooh. It's a lot. That's expensive. That's rich. Yeah, I mean, how much of an up? I mean, man, he, he scored. That being night. said, I... I love the deal for Washington. I absolutely love it. I, I love Anthony Mantha. Very biased in that decision, obviously. But I how many guys in the National Hockey League are six foot five and can score? A Patrick close Lina one that comes to. to that is Tom. Well, <laughs> he, he can sporadically, you know? Um, in theory, he should be, but yeah. In theory. Uh I and I'm same category of player. I'm thinking of Tom Wilson, and now you have both on the same team. Yeah, like, pretty. It, it, I think it's an excellent move, and you have Mantha locked in for what three, four more seasons at five point seven million. I think it's a great deal, great deal for Washington. Yeah, the thing is, like, uh, it's rich. What, though. Like, what, like, what's the like? There, I don't think there's. I think like Mantha's a better. I think Mantha's a better player than Verana. But I don't think there's like that huge a gap between the two, right? Like not for a first and a second. But if you're Washington, you're getting the better player. And when you got, you know, a lot of your guys past their primes, it uh, doesn't really matter uh, what, you know, what the cost is. If you're getting better, you're getting better. Right. And, and for Detroit, I think they looked at it as, you know, Anthony Mantha probably didn't fit the timeline for their rebuild. He, he just – you know, he's one of their older kind of young players that they have. Uh, so move on from him and they get a nice haul, especially considering, uh, you know, what the market was like uh, out there. Yeah, I, I the deal is great for both teams. It, it really is, I think, because you assume that Washington is going to make a push for the cup, that they're going to be minimum probably 23 third pick in the draft yeah I, that's a that's a fairly uh, like safe assumption in the 2021 draft like that could arguably be a second round pick yeah. so you, you know you may look at it as a second and a third in a regular year it's not i i really don't hate the move i i like it for washington um and i like anthony mantha as a player it's great hockey, great hockey trade. Yeah, great hockey trade. You don't, both, you don't... both teams are benefiting. I think Iserman's happy to pick up the picks and um, pick really up Rana in the process. Uh, and uh, on Washington's side, I think that you get Anthony Mantha. I mean, you've got to be pretty happy with that. Yeah, like you don't see too many like pure like hockey trades on deadline day. Uh, it was nice to see that, especially because – it was a pretty quiet trade deadline for the most part. Like it usually is like we, you know, at least here, like we all got up, we watched, you know, starting at 8 AM, the coverage. Right. Which is just like, I mean, you do it every year and every year, like you go into it and you know, it's going to be disappointing and underwhelming and nothing's going to happen till noon. Right. But every year I just can't help myself. Just have to do it. Yeah. And we've had that conversation. I don't know how many times and it'll be the same thing for free agent frenzy is just rinse and repeat. We'll do it every year, even though we know we're going to be disappointed. Yeah. I think it's just because like, it's, it's, it's the hope it's the possibility that this might be the year something crazy happens and it never is, but you know, 
Yeah, and TSN knows that. They always bring out the the gimmicks. I, they had the face, uh, like uh, swap. Comp- oh, the face, face mashup. Yeah, face mashup. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so they they do their best. They do a good job. So, um, yeah, like it's, such, yeah. it's it, it, you feel bad for like yeah the networks that are broadcasting it because you have no control over how the day goes. Really, like you don't know. You have no control over when a trade happens and what that's going to be. So you're just kind of trying to find ways to kill time until you can talk about something that happens. Uh, and that's just the case every year. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, the Mantha deal, big surprise uh, for, for me as well. Um, but there was another surprise, maybe not to us, but to others. To others. We, 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 we saw this coming a mile away. Uh, and it's uh, is it the Sam Bennett deal. Is that what you're thinking? It's the Sam Bennett. We, we got we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it because, you know, it other than the Mantha deal, this is probably the the biggest move that happened on that actual day. Uh, we have, we actually haven't really talked about it, so I'd I'd love to know uh, what you think of the of the deal. I a bit rich, just like the Mantha deal, but. I, I think it's great. I, I I would I I said it before and I'll say it again. I would love to have Sam Bennett on my hockey team. It's I I think they're gearing up for playoffs and you never know what a change of scenery can do for a player and I'm really banking on the fact that he, he kind of starts producing in the regular season. But he's definitely going to get the opportunity to showcase himself in the playoffs this year. Now, if he can't do anything during the regular season or the playoffs, we might be having a very different conversation at the end of the season, but that's not my expectation. I really think that he can kind of turn it around, contribute not only in playoffs, but also in the regular season. So yeah, like it's, it's, yeah, it's a bit rich. I basically two, two seconds for Sam Bennett. Um, it's yeah. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, I, I like Sam Bennett a lot as a player too, and you bring him in like he is the type of guy like, you know, historically like he hasn't been a guy that helps you get to the playoffs, but once you're there, he helps you a heck of a lot, right? With with the way exactly. he plays, the physicality, uh, and just somehow the offense seems to pop in the playoffs. I don't know what it is, <laughs> uh, and so I think if you're Florida, you're hoping that you get that version, you get playoff Sam Bennett, and then yeah, you are hoping that you can maybe tap into some of the potential that was, you know, there when he was drafted so highly by Calgary. And you hope that he can be, you know, a valuable regular season player too. And I think, uh, I think there's a pretty good chance that happens. Um, It sounds like he's going to be starting out on the wing at least, um, which is interesting because he, Sam Bennett, the start of the year, the Flames asked him, did he want to be a, did he want to play center or wing? He said center. They tried him at center, didn't play well looked much more effective on the wing. So it'll be interesting to see where they slot him in. But the, yeah, there's a lot of versatility there. And even though, even though the price is high, like you, you do have control over the player. Like it's not like you're paying that price for a rental. He exactly the key, the key piece. And somebody texted me that doesn't really know about hockey and said, what the hell is Florida doing for like, is this Jared Shea? It is not, it is not. Uh <laughs> <laughs> he's so quick with that um and he's like what are they doing like this much for a guy that doesn't produce and in the last year of his contract and i said well 
he's an RFA. Um, so I, I think that's a huge, huge bonus in the deal. Um, the, the fact that they, it's not a rental, that there's a very solid chance of keeping him at the end of the season. Uh, let's face it. I, I would be shocked if he didn't resign in, uh, in Florida, uh, barring any like, um, act of God or anything. Uh, I think it's a great deal. You get Sam Bennett in more or less a long-term position with Florida. Yeah. And and the other like part of it too, is that when you bring in a guy like that, like you're trying to bring in guys that line up with the core you have and Sam Bennett being that same draft class as Aaron Eckblad, like he is in that same age range as a lot of the Panthers current youngish core that they have there with Huberto and Barkov and Eckblad. Um, so I think it's a really good fat, uh, factor in that way. And then as an RFA, like I think, you know, based on what he's done in his career, he's not going to command a ton of money. So, you know, and so you can bring him and you sign him, hopefully for not too much. And then you hope he outproduces that contract and becomes a, a you know, a really valuable member of this team. One year, $1 million contract. The, the Bills, you know, <laughs> the Bill Zito special. Yeah. Yeah, all all the cap room. Um, um but yeah, I, I I I agree. I think that he he really does have that potential to to outproduce a contract. So it's gonna be really really exciting. I, I'm super excited to see him in a, in a in Panthers gear on the ice. Um, it, not a deal I saw coming. Well, a deal I saw coming if Sam Bennett were to get traded. I honestly was not expecting him to get traded yeah i thought calgary might wait until the end yeah. of the season to, to i mean they've him. waited what like a year and a half now might as well have waited like yeah might as well wait a, a bit more but at the same time for them that's that's pretty good valuable value for for sam bennett that they got um so it'll be interesting to see yeah where he, where he slots in and how he does but i am pretty optimistic that he's going to excel like we've seen so many flashes of it from him right like anytime you can get a guy that's like whatever, like six three with skill. Uh, but that's an and grit. Like that's a nice thing to have for your team. And again, it just it's that kind of versatility that I think is what makes the Panthers such a dangerous team come playoff time. Is that they have a lot of speed, they have some grit, and they got a lot of skill too up and down the lineup. And I think that that depth is what you're going to need in the playoffs, for sure, because your top guys. You know, a lot of time top guys in the playoffs with the way the whistles go away, you know, they get, you know, grabbed on to and they, they maybe can't pop as much. But if you're rolling four lines and they're all going and, you know, giving you something, you become a much harder team to defend against. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm really excited. It's the, the defense is what, you know, without Ekblad is that windy, like, unequivocal 1D is I, I it's going to be interesting to see how how they they fare in the playoffs I think that he is a huge loss for them but um, I mean I mean coming back to last night's game against Dallas the 3-2 overtime win um, Mackenzie Weger's been you know Mackenzie Weger's been doing a really nice job uh, filling in he's been like maybe not uh, on the score sheet, but he's, he's really engaging himself offensively. Um, but, you know, I can't help but feel that when I see Radko Gudis and Keith Yandel on the ice together, 
that that is going to be a nightmare come playoff time when, you know, God forbid we, the Panthers have to play the Lightning in the first round. Yeah. Or like, even Carolina. I just, it, it's a pair that I don't see as defensively sound and it's, it's very worrisome. And it, you can't help but, but think that that would not be the case if Ekblad were there. Like Quenville wouldn't have to have that pairing. No, yeah. With, with Ekblad out, it, it creates such, such an issue on the back end, specifically with those two guys, because they do bring, you know, different elements to the game that are helpful. But I, like, I'm more really con- mostly concerned with Keith Yandel in the playoffs. You know, like, obviously, he's going to be on that power play, right? That's fine. But the five-on-five play is going to be a concern, at least with Gudis, where, you know, there may be some issues here or there, and he's not going to give you a ton of offense. But he's at least going to be physical, which is what is playoff hockey, right? So even if, you know, you might make the odd, you know, missed read, missed coverage, whatever, like, he's going to – like, teams aren't going to like playing against him at least. No, no. And that, that, that's, that's a very good point. Um, it, it's it's interesting because I was thinking seeing Radko Gudis and I'm like he he theoretically is going to be a beast in playoffs. He's such a physical player. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a physical guy, big guy. So right, I, I, it's kind of hard to evaluate. But I mean, watching them against Dallas last night, it was a bit a bit tough. Yeah. They they have honestly nothing to worry about. Yeah. Like the the big thing for me was last night because they they opted not to play Kierstad. And, you know, I'm hoping he gets, you know, a, you know, another look here down the stretch. Uh, and then we also, we haven't seen Brandon Montour yet either. Yeah, that's true. So it, it, uh, hopefully it was only like a temporary measure. Yeah. But uh, we're, yeah. Does yeah it, it's, that's probably the. And then the, with Verhege out. Yes. Tough. So, yeah. Um, but I think Bill Zito's done a really good job at the deadline of kind of focusing on key areas and obviously he didn't know that that um Verhage was going to be injured but yeah yeah obviously the Verhage injury like we we talk about all those moves at the deadline but it was up ready to go yeah yeah exactly it's it's going to be interesting to see how because because it's not a normal year there's not a ton of time to try and integrate guys into the lineup so it's and the Panthers have, were one of the more active teams around the deadline, bringing in a lot of new players. So it's how quickly can you get these guys integrated into your lineup, find some chemistry before it's it's go time in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and I think still what, like 15, 20 games left? Yeah. Um, it's in theory, it's enough time. We'll see how, how it actually goes. But so far, from what we've seen, these players coming in, and I mean, Duclair, Verhage, they've all been to adapt to the style. 
And I, I, I think that's very good. Duke Claire had a great game last night. Um, and we can't forget the goose is he's, loose. He's going to be loose. Well, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, great job. Honestly, great job by Bill Zito at this deadline. I really think that he he's done a phenomenal um, job in, in a kind of – targeting those key areas that needed improvement and improving them. I'm really excited to see this new, like kind of souped up uh, Florida team in action. Yeah. Like I think if you look at all the players that he was able to bring in and then what, what's moving the way out, you got the second rounder and Emil Heineman who good prospect, decent pick, um, but nothing's guaranteed there. And then you lose a couple bad contracts and another third round pick, but you're bringing in, a lot of guys where you have a decent idea of what they're going to give you at least. And you hope maybe you'll get a bit more than what those guys have done so far. Uh, we ran a poll on the trade deadline additions on what people's favorite uh, acquisition was uh, 33 votes. The winning vote was for Nikita Gusev. 58% said that's who they were most excited about. Sam Bennett second, Brandon Montour third, no votes for Lucas Walmart coming back, which I think it was expected uh, for you. Which player are you most excited about? Um, I think it has to be Sam Bennett. I, you know, he's, he's the one that costs the most. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I, I really think that he's, he's a terrific player when he's at the top of his game. And I really think that the change of scenery is going to be beneficial to his game. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think I'm excited for both, like all the guys really coming in. Even, even Walmart, he got no love in that poll, but uh, he's a decent player too. So bringing him back is nice. And Gabriel Carlson wasn't even on there, but uh, another player they brought in. Uh, it's close because I think Gusev and, and Bennett to me, I think they're going to be about pretty similarly effective as Panthers, but in different ways. Like I think Gusev might give you more offense. He's got a bit more skilled, probably a better skater. Um, but defensive game might not be there the same way the, the physical element doesn't bring that the same way Sam Bennett does. Um, but I'll, I'll go, I'm going to say Gusev just because the cost to acquire him was nothing. And I think anytime you can acquire a guy that has put up pretty solid numbers, you're, you're excited. So I'm I'm looking at Nikita yeah, Gusev for that one. I um, absolutely. If you were to pick of all the moves we saw on trade deadline day, what is one move you that didn't happen that you're surprised didn't happen? You know, I saw this report. It's not a transaction. It's not a trade. Sorry. Okay. That Tony D'Angelo situation. I oh. thought it was really interesting because apparently the Rangers tried to waive him unconditionally, terminate his contract, and then Montreal was going to swoop in and sign him. Which, let's face it, if there's one place that Tony D'Angelo can still play, a place with enough like political insensitivity to allow him to play without an issue, it's probably Montreal. Um, I just, 
and then and then instead he's going to get bought out this summer. Yeah, I mean, obviously there was there's if he's getting bought out this summer, this means that no other team was even willing to take him. Yeah, no one free. No, and no. so to me, the fact that he he chooses to go get bought out, which I mean, let's not get into the the how it looks, but instead of like playing and like getting a chance at the playoffs this season, uh, really, really interesting situation. Obviously, I mean, he's a very interesting guy in general. He, he clearly has some some quirks. Um, that's, that's a way to put it for sure. I thought that was, I thought that was fascinating. I, I lost all hope in him. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, I think no one questions his ability as a hockey player, but it's whether that ability as a hockey player offsets enough with everything else, all the baggage that comes with them. And I think most teams have said, oh, it really doesn't. I mean, his offensive numbers are great. He's not great defensively either. So it's, you know, if you, if you really want an offensive defenseman, that's not problematic. Can I interest anyone in Keith Yandel? Like, <laughs> <laughs> realistically, like the, the contract difference is like what, like less than two mil and Keith's a great guy probably. So apparently he, I'm, I, I saw this. He was like voted like funny in the NHL. Yeah. And it's not surprised. I mean, we, I remember like at the start of the year when it was rumored that he was going to be scratched and he ended up not getting scratched, his Ironman streak remaining intact, but he scored in that game and you just see the reaction of the entire team when he scores the goal. And it's like, that's a well-liked teammate right there. Right. Like that's a team that clearly yeah. the guys love Keith Yandel. So the point is, is that there are, you know, if teams really need an offensive defense, when there are a lot of other different ways you could go, um, and save yourself the headache. But that was interesting too, because I, I remember seeing Tony D'Angelo on, you know, trade bait list. And I was like, there's no way, right? Like, there's no way someone like a team does this. And uh, apparently Montreal was interested and D'Angelo said, no, he's just going to hang out at home, collect paychecks. And yeah. That, that's what bothers me. He's just not doing anything and he's collecting his paychecks. And it's like, man, he's just going to get bought out this summer and get a, fat paycheck for doing absolutely nothing for the rangers at yeah, least for, now he's still technically under rangers like authority yeah yeah no it's uh yeah that was that was an interesting one too there was there's a couple other players i was surprised didn't get moved like especially for teams that you know you're not going to make the playoffs and you know the guys aren't going to resign why why hang on to them like to me like a guy like Derek ryan in calgary seemed like there might have been a way out for him Ricard Raquel in Anaheim. Like there were some names that were pretty heavily rumored. Even Luke Lindenning in Detroit. Like, Yeah, you, you were convinced about that one. Um, I was convinced he was on the way out. And I was convinced some team was going to give up a decent amount for him because, you know, just a veteran guy who wins face-offs. Yeah, and I thought the Hayden Flurry deal was really peculiar. Yeah, it's it's like I get that he's not doing well this season, he like really bad, but he's still a really young player, and to just get rid of him, he's not a big salary or anything. My my thinking is that obviously if they could have got a better deal for Hayden Flurry, they would have, right? Yeah. And I think they're actively shopping him because they can't protect him in the expansion draft. So get something rather than lose him for nothing. 
Yeah. Right, uh, like, I guess. like they have so many great D in Carolina. The thing with, well, the thing, my my argument is that if you were going to lose them anyways, like now you're just going to lose someone else. Well, yeah, but you're like, you're not going to, you all your D are going to be locked up that you want to keep up. Yeah. And this is probably like the, the best like value you could get for, for a player that you, you were willing to give up. So I guess you can't be mad about it, but I think Anaheim definitely got a nice deal on that. Yeah, I, I think that, that, yeah, they're just rolling the dice on a young guy with a lot of potential. Nothing wrong with that, especially for a team that's, you know, in their position. Um, but yeah, and that was like the only move Carolina made. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty quiet day all around. And I, I think everyone agreed that Vancouver, like, completely pooped the bed by not getting more than Jordy Ben. Well, they, they, yeah, they got rid of Jordy Ben and they got rid of a, Oh, wait, they got rid of, I I meant to say uh, Winnipeg. Sorry. Yeah. Winnipeg just got Jordy Ben from Vancouver, which Vancouver was interesting too, because Vancouver, Jim Benning a couple days ago came out and said, Hey, like we've been through a lot as a team right now. Everyone's, you know, really suffering. Uh, with all the COVID case we have. So, you know, the guys have been through a lot. I'm not really looking to move anyone. And then he goes ahead and moves two guys. Yeah, brought one in. I mean, it's – I thought it was weird that he would say that he wasn't, like – he wasn't going to deal anyone. But, yeah, I thought it was going to be Brayden Holby. I was – there – Brayden Holby is also going to be very comfortable in Vancouver not doing anything. Yeah, like it just to me, like I like I I actually like that he said he wasn't going to move anyone. I think that's like, you know, a real great demonstration of knowing the human aspect of the sport and what these guys are going through this season uh, and all the adversity they faced. Uh, so I appreciated that, you know. And I think you know, if I was a Canucks player, I'd appreciate that too. But then to go ahead and trade guys, anyways, and it's not like you got like you had to make those deals. Yeah. Like you got ridiculously nice returns. Like it's like Matthew Highmore you got for Adam Gaudet. Like, was that absolutely necessary? Probably not. No, it's odd, odd deal. Very, very odd deal. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a pretty, like overall, a pretty underwhelming trade deadline for, most aspects. Which yeah, we, up until the Mantha, the the Mantha and the Bennett deals, I thought kind of salvaged it for me. Yeah, but other than that, it was. I mean, a lot of stuff happened on Sunday night. There was literally thing on Monday, like morning. Yeah, and then. Yeah, it, it was, for the most part, a fairly just kind of quiet actual trade deadline day. Um, but, we, like, we expected that with everything going on, you know, and, like, even if you looked at the list of names that were out there, like, it wasn't that exciting of a list of, like, it, you know, the trade block. But after the dust has kind of settled, every team's made their moves, how are you feeling about the Panthers' chances going into the playoffs now? Assuming I think they got better. I think they got better. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, I think they're more than capable of winning one playoff series. 
it's it's going to be your the problem is that if you don't play Tampa Bay in the first round, you're playing them in the second round. And if you don't play Tampa Bay in the first round, you're likely playing Carolina in the first round. Which yeah, it's 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 a tough road for Florida. That's the problem. Very strong division. Well, strong at the top. Um, it's not ideal, but I really do think they can win a series against um, Carolina. I just think Tampa is really good. Yeah, Tampa is a really good team. The, I think the only way you're like you're taking Tampa realistically is if Vasilevsky gets hurt because McElhaney has been terrible. Yeah. Then it's, then then you're probably set. Yeah, my thing is from like I think there's no doubt the Panthers got better. Um, the question, the, the the issue I have is like, did you get better enough on defense to make up for the loss of Aaron Ekblad? Because you're basically saying we're gonna like it looks like now like you're replacing Ekblad with Kierstad and and Montour and just hoping everybody else steps up too. Is that enough? Is that defense good enough to? keep you you know in a series against these teams and even you know win a series and i i, I don't know we we kind of just have to wait and see yeah we that that's exactly it yeah it's but no no doubt they got better uh and it's gonna mm-hmm. be you know a fun little stretch here i'm excited to watch the new guys in action uh and also excited that chris drieger didn't get traded I'm happy that he's he's sticking around at least for now. And no pun intended. Exactly, and I mean what, the stick. Yeah, the st- yeah. stick. What a save last night! Oh my! <laughs> I was I, I wasn't watching the game. I was at work, uh, and you you texted it to me, and like that is unbelievable. Unbelievable save. Yeah, the I. You could see the puck trickling in, and then at the last minute, the stick came, and it was it's too good. It was He's crazy. too good. I mean, huge win against Dallas. Yeah, that was a great game. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, and Dallas, Dallas has been looking a lot better lately too. They're they're another interesting team in the div. Like, you know, the top three teams seem pretty set right now, but that fourth spot is wide open. And There's Dallas, th- three teams vying for it, right? Three teams that all could be in it. Like, I think you say, like, okay, Detroit and Columbus probably out. But Chicago, like if Lankinen keeps playing well, Nashville has been on a really hot stretch. Dallas has a ton of games in hand, and they've been getting healthier. And Jason Robbins, uh, Robertson's just been unbelievable for them. Yeah, they. I mean, they announced today that Radulov was going to be out for the season, as well as Bishop. Um, Bishop, I don't think, is a big loss. Uh, Radulov, on the other hand, is, is a key offensive uh, component, but... They're doing pretty well, and Sagan's coming back soon. So, you really don't know where, where Dallas could go because they have the potential to really be competitive for that fourth spot. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting stretch, fun stretch for those teams and for, for the division as a whole. I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, the Panthers just keep on cooking. New guys integrate smoothly into the lineup. And, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch some playoff hockey this year. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. It's very exciting. Um, there's yeah. going to be fans too. It's, I mean, maybe not in Canada, but in the U S at least there'll be fans. So it's going to be exciting to have that 
that extra energy in the building because I feel like it's such an integral part of playoffs. Yeah. And it's different too. Like the Panthers have made the playoffs a couple of times. Like they made the play in last year and they, they made it a few years before that, but it's like a different feeling, like making the playoffs, like just squeaking in and then like making the playoffs as a team that's like playing really well and putting themselves in that top team comp, like in that conversation, which is I think where the Panthers are at right now. Uh, it's just a mm-hmm. different level of excitement of knowing like, Hey, like, you know, this team's legit. Like they have a shot. They, they really do. They 100% do. Um, it, it's really exciting. Um, and we'll see who finishes first out of Carolina or Tampa, but that, that'll that be a really exciting first round that I think has potential to go to the distance. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, and we'll see where it goes. But that does it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you to everyone tuning in listening. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode uh, and we will see you all then. Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs.